One of the biggest dreams my wife and a lot of women want to realize is to fulfill the desire that God put in their hearts to be a mother. When that doesn't happen and infertility becomes a challenge in your marriage, husbands, please don't do what I did. Did you finally realize your dream of having a family only to have your happily ever after turn into a nightmare? Do you find yourself up late at night wondering why nothing you try as a parent is working? Are you searching for adoption resources and a support team but can't find any? Hi neighbor, welcome to Anchors of Encouragement. I'm Tim Maudlin, husband, adoptive parent, Bible class teacher, and ambassador of encouragement. I too felt the joy of having a family of my own. I wish we could be like other adoptive families. I knew we were doing our best, but nothing seemed to work. I kept asking myself, why is this happening to us? Life can be tough. Storms in life are inevitable. In Anchors of Encouragement, my mission is to throw adoptive parents a lifeline and be your anchor, to offer biblical mindset support and provide stability when life gets unstable. If you're ready for real and raw talk that leads to peace beyond comprehension, so you not only survive but thrive in life's storms, this podcast is for you. Hope and healing are on the way. Hi, neighbor. Welcome to another episode of Anchors of Encouragement. Today I want to share a personal story. It's a story I'm not proud of, but I think it's a story that needs to be told. It's my hope that by me sharing what I did wrong in my marriage, it will help other husbands to avoid doing what I did. I've shared in previous episodes that prior to adoption, my wife and I went through years of infertility. Those were difficult years, and they were especially difficult for my wife. There were comments that people who made to both of us, and especially to her, that I don't believe they were malicious, but they were very insensitive. And each time we had a failed attempt to conceive, those comments seemed to intensify the pain that she went through. Unfortunately, One of those comments came from me, and it came not intentionally, but it was something that I wasn't thinking when I said what I said. I'm going to share in this episode some scripture references that I think will help other husbands to understand what we went through, and hopefully by sharing these verses, you will be able to take them and avoid some of the things that I did, or specifically avoid the thing that I did that was so bad. In Proverbs chapter 30, beginning in verse 15 or midway through verse 15, I want to just set the table for this discussion. The proverb writer says, there are three things that are never satisfied. No, four that never say enough. The grave, the barren womb, the thirsty desert, the blazing fire. The one thing I want to draw your attention to here is the thing that is never satisfied is the barren womb. 
I believe, and my wife believes, that God put a desire in her heart for her to be a mother. And when that could not be realized, she was never satisfied. This is a truth that I believe needs to be understood by men, especially husbands, so they can avoid doing what I did. We can also see in Scripture there are several instances of barren women mentioned. Some of the more famous ones that I'll draw your attention to, dating all the way back into the book of Genesis, is Sarah, Abraham's wife, Genesis 11, verse 30. Uh, Rebecca, her daughter-in-law, Genesis 25, verses 19 through 21. Rachel, in Genesis 29, verses 30 through 31. In some of those cases, there was taunting. There was some animosity. There was sadness. There was frustration because these women could not conceive. There's another one. Another example in the Old Testament that I would like to read more about, and that is in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1. And this is the example that stepped on my toes. And it was an example that I was well aware of as a Christian, a story I've known all my life. And for some reason, I just didn't make the application when I came into the same situation that this gentleman was in. I'll be reading from 1 Samuel chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. There was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zuf in the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Jehoram, son of Elihu, son of Tofu, son of Zuf, of Ephraim. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Paniah. Paniah had children, but Hannah did not. Each year Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Paniah and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion, because the Lord had given her no children. So Paniah would taunt Hannah, and make fun of her, because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year it was the same. Panina would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time Hannah would be reduced to tears, and would not even eat. I want to pause for just a second here. Verse 7 reminded me of what we went through. Not that any person taunted my wife, but there were times that things that were said to her, would reduce her to tears. It was hard on her. Then we come to verse 8. And I want you to listen to what Elkanah said to Hannah. Verse 8. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having ten sons? This hit home because I almost said the same thing verbatim to my wife. Why are you upset? You have me. Husbands, that's not what she wants to hear. Not at all. After Elkanah put his foot in his mouth, the story continues. 
I'm not going to read any more from 1 Samuel chapter 1, but I would encourage you to read chapter 1 and chapter 2. Hannah was at the tabernacle with her husband, and she was praying by herself, and she was mouthing words in her prayer. The priest Eli saw her and thought she was drunk, to which she said, no, 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 I'm, I'm not drunk at all. Very, I'm very discouraged because I have no children And she promised that if God would grant her a child, she would dedicate him to the Lord. Well, that request was granted and that promise was kept. And that's where we get the namesake for this book, Samuel, who was to become the next judge of Israel. To this day, I still regret being that insensitive to my wife. If something good can come out of my blunder here, I hope it's this, that if you are a husband and you and your wife are going through infertility, please don't make the same mistake I did and Elkanah made. I know I'm not the only one that's done this, but if other husbands can avoid it, it would make the challenge of infertility much more manageable. Let the insensitive comments come from other people. Don't let them come from from you as a husband. Just don't let that be the case. And if you are a friend of someone going through infertility, be careful what you say and how you say it to your friend. Because even though you might not mean anything, some of these comments can be really painful. There's a scripture in Psalm 127 I want to mention as well right now. It says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. It says gift. It doesn't say guarantee. If you have been blessed to have your own biological children, thank the Lord. We thank the Lord because we were blessed to adopt children. They have been a gift from Him. Let's get to your daily doable. I have a few things that I would like to suggest, both for husbands and wives. Husbands, here's a passage that I haven't read yet that I would like to share with you. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and in verse 7, it says, In the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. That second sentence, treat your wife with understanding. Understand that the barren womb is never satisfied. If you're going through infertility, realize that that is something very difficult. It might be difficult for you, but it is much more magnified with your wife. And please do not say what I said. Don't say, you've got me. Isn't that enough? It's not. It really isn't. Secondly, to the wives, you are well aware that we men are not good mind readers, but we can read. I would like to suggest that if you are going through infertility and your husband is less than understanding, that you would slip him some of these passages so he could read them. Again, that's 1 Samuel chapter 1. You could even underline verse 8 if you want to and say this. You could go to 
Proverbs chapter 30, verses 15 and 16. Psalm 127, verse 3. And then 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. And wives, you can always send the link to this episode to your husbands. And husbands, if you're listening to this because your wife asked you to, I'm going to take one for the team. Don't do what I did. Be more sensitive with your wife. Live with them with understanding. And please, 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 do not say what I did. Again, that's 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 8. You can navigate the challenges of infertility. My wife and I were able to do it, and I know you can too. Put the Lord first. Be sensitive to each other's needs. And you can get through this. That's all for this episode. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Until next time, this is Tim, encouraging you to do what you can now. If this podcast has given you the courage and confidence to face storms in your life, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Tim Maudlin. You can also connect with me in my Facebook group, Anchors of Encouragement. So until next time, this is Tim encouraging you to do what you can now.